you know, you watch Carson Wentz, you want him to be great again. You know, he throws it up. I want him to get it, but you know, like he'll make up. You're just like, ah, he makes he makes at least one pass, and usually multiple passes a game where you're just like. Yes, he'll make a oh, Patrick Mahomes pass, and then he'll make a Carson Wentz pass. Just happened there. Yeah, I'm gonna so, price it. Uh, I'm gonna price it minus one seventy-five that we see Sam Howell this year. Uh, at some oh, point. interesting. I think yeah, he, maybe uh, I would make him clear favorite to be in at some point this season. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. It is noon on a Friday on Peacock, but it is 5 o'clock somewhere, especially in D.C., where my commanders are victorious. You're gloating oh, about that win? Oh, sure. <laughs> Never in doubt. Never in doubt. What a thrilling victory. <laughs> Welcome to the Fantasy Bowl Happy Hour. Jay Croucher, Connor Rogers, and Matthew Berry here, all of us celebrating <laughs> that Carson Wentz has been made great again. He almost hit triple digits in passing yards, dangerously close to triple digits in passing yards here. He staves off the Sam Howell-Taylor Heineke conversation for at least another week or two. It's upsetting. I had planned on wearing a Washington jersey because we have a zillion of them behind me. Turns out they're all racist, you know what I mean, because they're all older, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't have any commander's gear. I got to get some – I got to get jerseys for the commanders. They're all – all of them, you know, have the old nickname. So, uh, what are we going to do? Anyway, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to shut up and uh, turn it over to you, Connor Rogers. Yeah, let's have some fun. A thrilling Thursday night football matchup, and after the game, Ron Rivera had – had some very interesting things to say about that Carson Wentz. No, what's important is these guys, okay? For the last couple of weeks, honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak my mind for a second. For Honestly, uh, it's been hard. It really has. You lose four games in a row, and everybody wants to get you, you know, just get on you. And they've played their asses off. They have. They've played their asses off for everybody. They come out, and they show up. They work hard, all right? They don't complain, Okay. They hear all this stuff, and they got to deal with it. I get that, and I respect them for that, because they're resilient. They come back. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I didn't want anything to do with Carson. Well, I'm the guy that pulled out the sheets of paper, that looked at the analytics, that watched the tape in the freaking, when we were at Indianapolis, okay? And that's what pisses me off, because the young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time. I'm sorry, I'm done. Should we walk off the set as well? Sleep mania. You know, maybe. I, I, I've done it before. I, I've done it before. He's, um, you know, listen, I, I think it's trying to figure out who I feel worse for. I mean, partially I sort of feel worse for Ron Rivera. who had to watch a lot of Colts tape last year. You know what I mean? Like that, that was tough. That's and tough read sledding. the analytics. And read the analytics. That's, that's tough sledding. Um, I honestly wonder, real talk for a second, I wonder how much of that was not about the press, the fans, and for the team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that because yeah. he clearly messed up the week, you know, prior earlier in the week where he was asked what's the issues and he said quarterback and he threw Carson Wentz under the bus. And look, we've joked about Carson Wentz and you know, I mean I, I wanted the make make Carson Wentz great again t shirt yesterday, which seemed to have worked. Just saying. But I don't want to take I'm that was, not, that I, was greatness. I, That's I am, what greatness looks like. It's a W. He's he's undefeated on Thursday night. I, I just listen, I'm not saying I deserve any of the credit. Some people are saying, not me. <laughs> But some people are saying me wearing that T-shirt inspired the Commanders and Carson Wentz to victory last night. I just look. He messed up by saying the the quarterback thing on the uh, on the show uh, on whatever in his press conference. So I think that was somewhat about that. The fact of the matter is, is that as long as this offense continues to play poorly, and they played poorly last night, not just Wentz, but the entire offense played poorly last yeah. night. Those questions will continue to come. I actually did a radio interview on the way in here, and I was asked that direct question, like. Do we see another quarterback other than Wentz this year? And if we do, who will it be? And my answer there very quickly is, is I, I think it depends on the commanders. If Carson Wentz, you know, we saw him hit his hand. If all of a sudden Carson Wentz had to miss next week, it would be Taylor Heineke. Yep. Because the commanders still think, they think Heineke gives them the better chance to win than Howell does right now. And they still think they're in it. But if we're a month from now and they're three and seven or whatever, then, and it's just like, okay, season's gone south. Let's figure out. We don't owe any money to Carson Wentz after he has no guaranteed money on his contract after this year. Let's see what we have. They know what they have in Taylor Heineke, which is he's a high-functioning backup, yep. but he's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Then I think they would go to Sam Howell to see what do they have, because in theory they should have a high draft pick next year in a quarterback-rich draft. Yep. I'm going to make a prediction. I, look, here are the Commanders' next four games: Green Bay at Indianapolis, 
home to Minnesota, and then at Philadelphia in prime time. I'm going to guess <laughs> that the next game after that, which is at the Texans, that it's the Sam Howell show in week 11. I think they'll be probably 3-7 and seven by that point. And then the three weeks leading into the bye at Houston, home to Atlanta, at the Giants. Much kinder. That is as basically as good an initiation as you get for a rookie quarterback. So... If Wentz is going to continue to put up double-digit passing yards lines, and it's not like he was going up against the 85 Bears defense, it was the 2022 Bears defense, so I just think that it's going to be the Sam Howe show at some point. It's yeah. a great point. Yeah, it's a soft landing for a young quarterback, and, and to Barry's point, right now, there are jobs at stake here, and that's why you're sticking with a veteran, and you go to a veteran, so... It's going to be really interesting to watch when Sam Howell, if Sam Howell gets a look. All right, let's look at the rest of the Washington offense right now. Brian Robinson yeah. is here. Brian Robinson leads well, the commanders no, backfield. On, no, before we move up, Wentz, I just want to say just for fantasy purposes, I think this game is still a bit of an anomaly. You mentioned the schedule. Like, I think he's going to be a streamer. That's what Carson Wentz. It's a tough schedule coming out there, but I certainly think he could put up fantasy points against the Vikings. Yep. Like, I'm not super scared of him not putting up – I mean, like, again, they'll lose those games – but Carson Wentz, who coming into this game was averaging over 38 pass attempts a game, like I think is still a viable top 14-ish fantasy quarterback. He doesn't give you a lot with the rushing, but um, and I think his day looks a lot different if Curtis Samuel doesn't drop a 40-yard yeah. touchdown pass that he should have had. That him in the hands, he was wide open. Like that one's not on Wentz. And the absence of Jahan Dotson too is, is short just... week on the road at Chicago, a tough yeah. place to play as well. So anyway, I'm willing to give Carson Wentz a wait for it pass. On this particular uh, game, oh, dynamite. Yeah, God taking bless. off your team. Uh, uh, there you go. Yeah, God bless. Yeah, tough God to transition bless. from that beauty right there. But there Brian go. Robinson officially leads the Commanders' backfield as expected. Seventeen rushes, team high. Sixty rushing yards, one touchdown towards the end of the game there. Available in 35% of Yahoo leagues. That tells you those are leagues that are asleep right now. So he's Honestly. really not available in in playing leagues right now. But Antonio Gibson. Is he just completely factored out right now to the point, Barry, where you drop him as Robinson emerges from a workload standpoint? I don't know that I'm ready to drop him yet. I think he's good Brian Robinson insurance. I mean, you know, like, I mean, like there was a couple – my expectation here is is that – I mean, they, I think Robinson looked good. The, the fact, though, is, is – and you can talk about this because, you know, you look at all the college players coming yeah. out, out of school for – you know, in terms of all the stuff you do for Bleach Report, uh, Connor, but um, – Robinson isn't expected to be a big pass catcher. So now the question is, is it just the Robinson and McKissick show? Or do they like the versatility of Antonio Gibson? I think there'll be some times where, like, you're in a two-minute drill or something like that where you want a guy that can either run it between the tackles and catch passes. So I'm not ready to drop Antonio Gibson, but we're not starting him until further notice. And he is he is Brian Robinson Insurance. We've been talking about him for a while. First off, just a great story, obviously. He's returned to the NFL last week. He gets into the end zone for the first time. His anytime touchdown catches. Me and you, good job. There we go. We won't talk about the rest of my bets from last <laughs> night because they all – What other bets? I, that was the only one. I don't know. You know, like, come on, Curtis Samuel, catch that pass. Like, you know what I mean? I like, I had the over on the receptions. I had the, I had the over on Carson Wentz passing yards. Neither of those came uh, true for me. Sigh, hashtag sigh. Um, but on the early downs, 21 to 11, that was the snap differential between Robinson and Antonio Gibson here. 71% of the running back carries for Brian Robinson in just his second game back after being shot. Yeah. Like, I mean, if there was, and it was on a short week too. Like, if there was any, if there wasn't a clear indication prior in the preseason that this is Brian Robinson's backfield, you should have it now. This is Brian Robinson's backfield. Yep. I would be a little bit worried about game script in, the, in this game where he was able to get 17 carries because I think everyone knew that, yeah, if you get the double digits in this game, you win. You're just playing to get the 10 uh, on Thursday night. <laughs> so right. I do think that, you know, if they if it gets out of hand against the Packers, then it might become the J.D. McKissick. Yeah, but I, honestly, I, I got to tell you, I don't, I'm not worried about him until the Eagles game because, again, you can run on Green Bay, yes, then yeah. the Colts, and I think that game will be close. I'm not really worried about Matt Ryan lighting up the commanders, you know. And, and so, and then the Vikings, you can run on the Vikings as well. And that game could get out of hand because of their Re- offense. But like, Revenge game against the Colts, too. You don't want to see Carson Wentz when he's angry, much oh, like no. you don't see you yeah, when you're angry exactly. playing tennis. thousand percent. Or right, or Kirk Cousins against the commanders, a revenge sure. game there. Don't but anyway, so my point is, is like, whatever. You'll check the rankings every single week. But I think Robinson is a viable low-end RB, two. Yes, there, there, are cha- there are game script games where you're like, ah, because he's not involved in the passing game. But I think... If you picked him up in the waiver wire or you drafted him late, you got a bargain because uh, especially given what 
potentially a season looked like uh, after getting shot. Just insane. You know, what an incredible story. What, what, does he have odds on comeback player of the year? Because he should. He's, he's not, not eligible, eligible for yeah. the award because he's a rookie, but they need to change the rules because he's the most deserving comeback player of yeah. the year there's maybe ever been. So right, I mean... It, should, it should be his award. It should be his award. Back to that passing game that you mentioned. Terry McLaurin, four targets, three catches, 41 yards, no touchdowns. Not good here. Obviously, McLaurin is going to be rostered no matter what, but can you start him at all anymore, Barry, with how bad this passing offense has looked? But here's what's weird. The passing offense hasn't looked bad. It, I mean, it looked bad last night. For Terry, Bears. yeah. Um, but I'm just saying. But, Aesthetically, yeah. it's looked bad, but they've gotten stats. Well, that, well that's all we care about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, yeah, we yeah. are a number-based <laughs> show. We are a number-based game. Yeah, this is, it's, not a, it's not a beauty contest. It's <laughs> no, just like, give me those one. numbers. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, listen, people forget the 30-30 the year for Jameis Winston where he threw three, 30 interceptions like, and he was awful. <laughs> he was a top-five fantasy yeah. quarterback that year. Again. You know, like, whatever. We, we were messing with Blake Bortles, who just retired. You know, bortling your way to fantasy goodness was, sure. is a, is a phrase. So, um, the offense, from a fantasy point of view, has been fine prior to this game, uh, for the most part. But your point, Connor, fifth straight game without scoring a touchdown. He's had 76 or fewer receiving yards in five or six games. Fewer than 15 fantasy points or five or six. Not what you drafted as your wide receiver, too. I think he's he's now in the wide receiver three flex range where, and you always hate to say wide receiver three with upside, but wide receiver threes are basically guys that we know have talent and opportunity, but also some warts to their game, whatever it is, whether it's a bad matchup, whether it's a bad quarterback, whether it's you know not a you know some some lack of touchdown equity, and so that's what McLaurin is, unfortunately. Like it's weird, is that felt like they were trying to target him, yeah, uh, you know, early and often in this game, like like. The whole, I mean, there was only 99 passing yards, and, and so he got 41 of them. Yeah. Like, he almost had, I mean, like, he, he came close to 50% of the commander's passing yards in the game. The problem is, is they threw for <laughs> under 100. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, you got to look through it, you know. You know, anyway, I just, the answer to your question is, is are you starting, I'm probably starting him next week against Green Bay, but he'll be ranked in the 20 to 30 range. Yep. You know, I mean, that's, it, it's going to depend on what else you have. Across, you have to reset expectations for Terry McLaurin. Across the way, the Bears I offense. I no longer call him Terry McScorn. No, he's, he's lost just, that he's, mantle. He, now he's yeah, just well, Terry I mean, McLaurin. you go five yeah. straight games. McLaurin F1, Scary Terry. The ta- they, yeah. yeah, they're gone. Those yeah, and games. Scary Terry is now Scary Terry. Scary, for a I'm terrified reason. to start him every yeah, week. I'm, I'm, yes. uh, yeah, I don't Happy Halloween, right. everyone. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly, right. right. Uh, speaking of terrified to start really anyone from this group, the Bears offense right now, as you look at their offensive ranks, I mean, guys, what is there left to say about what the Bears are attempting to do on the offensive side of the ball right now? Aesthetically bad and fantasy bad, stats bad, Bad, everything bad. 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 I do think there is something to be taken from the fact that Justin Fields had 27 pass attempts, which uh, topped his season high of 22. (laughs) Uh, 190 pass yards. Justin Fields, from a fantasy perspective, probably exceeded expectations last night just because he topped 80 rushing yards. And look, I don't think that Fields is a guy that you even want to stream in a one-quarterback league. But in a two-QB league, he's fine if he's your QB two week to week. I think that he will throw the ball more as the season progresses just because how can he not? Uh, But at the same point, I don't think you're super ecstatic about Justin Fields. No, you're not. I think he's more of a, as opposed to as a a streaming option, I think he's more of a grab and stash to see if something comes along. Now, again, I mean, like 18.4 fantasy points this week, 17 last week against Minnesota, uh, you know, where he threw former 200 yards and and a touchdown. So for me, like, it's hard to predict the rushing, but because the rushing, we know that the upside is still there. In a game in which they looked awful, in a game in which Justin Field missed easy throws, Bears should have won that game. Yes. And, and, and there's a lot of reasons why they didn't, but some of it's on Justin Fields, who missed some wide open throws, missed a touchdown. I mean, a like layup that, touchdown. A, a layup touchdown uh, down, uh, down there prior to the, the, the Mooney fourth down play. Right. So um, there's both uh, head scratching moments, but there's also tantalizing fantasy upset. Like that run to get them down on that last drive was unbelievable. That was a great play by Justin Fields. They're at New England next week. You don't want them there. Then they're at Dallas. You don't want them there. Oof. But week nine, home to Miami. Week 10, home to Detroit. Week 11 at Atlanta. Week 12 at the Jets. Like that's prime bye week, you know, kind of territory there. And so, you know, 
9, 10, 11, 12, those weeks, I think you could viably use him as potentially a streamer in those games um, with the rushing, you know what I mean, if the rushing continues. Because, again, he's had two good fantasy games. I do think there was the idea that maybe he's being held back by the coaching stuff. Like, why are they running it all the time? But Justin Fields needs to be freed. Uh, no, he doesn't need to be freed. Right now, he's just bad. He's just bad at the moment. He's missing throws. He went 14 of 27 against the bad commander's pass defense. So I do think that definitely lowers the ceiling. I think Fields still has potential and talent, and he should be better at some point. But right now, he's just... There is no free Justin Fields. But, uh, I mean, where, you've obviously watched all the college tape. In college, he was so much more accurate. He looks like a totally different guy. He's not confident to throw the ball. The reads are there, and the player's open in the first half. He would not throw the ball. The running is good, but they don't design runs around him. It's scrambling runs, which it all counts the same, but they get down to the red area. How much designed runs are there for Justin right. Fields? And the last thing, guys, for fantasy perspective... Do we think Justin Fields is going to make it through this year health-wise? The amount of hits and the amount of times he's on the ground for a long time, uh, that's a big concern for me right now. That That is as well. By the way, I liked, I liked Jay using his hands, like his lower the floor. Like you, you, I don't know what this was, <laughs> but uh, if we could get a, we get a replay of that Fields. for the next segment. Like, I, Did you see, you see Jay doing – I don't know what clear. that was. That's going from high like, to low. Right, exactly. Yes. It was just – it was Bye-bye like, the, you know, like, right. It was it – was, is a partial Gettleman there. Uh, all right. Um, but I'm with you on uh, Justin Fields. I want to talk a little bit about Darnell Mooney, who somebody I was high on as a sleeper coming into the season, and I was wrong on, and then I bailed on Darnell Mooney. And now, <laughs> That's all it took. Now, listen, I, like, last three games, four for 94 on five targets, 13.4 fantasy points. Two for 52 last week, whatever. But, you know, like 7.2 fantasy points, and now the seven for 68 13.8, almost had a touchdown, could have had a touchdown, probably should have had a touchdown, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's coming off a season high now in this game, this slop of an awful game on a short week. You know, season high in targets and receptions, 44% target share against my commanders. Like, we know he's talented, and we've seen, we've seen him be fantasy relevant in previous years. So I'm kind of like slightly back in on on Mooney like needs to be rostered yes. I'm, I'm like I don't know that I'm, st- I'm not again I'm not starting him next week at New England I'm not starting him against Dallas but I wouldn't mind having him on my roster if we see signs of life so that when you get to Miami and Detroit um, uh, you know and the and the Falcons in week 11 that you're like okay you know what this guy's a viable wide receiver three yeah I think that his season-long numbers still look terrible, but I think you can rightfully throw out the first two weeks. Game one against San Francisco, that was in a monsoon, and right. they were leading in the second half. Game two against the Packers, they were running the ball at will. David Montgomery looked like Ladanian Tomlinson, yeah. and Justin Fields had, I think, 11 pass attempts. So I think you can cut those two weeks out and treat the past four weeks as the sample, and if you're doing that, then he pretty much looks like the guy you expected yeah. when you were drafting him. So I think that, yeah, he's a wide receiver three who has potential to be a low-end wide receiver too if a lot goes right but I think there is upside the rest of the season with Darnell Mooney yeah the target's significantly up for Mooney a 44 percent target share versus Washington is a good sign for him looking at their backfield right now do I have to we we do uh and there is some good here you have liked Khalil Herbert for a while the problem is the Bears refuse to commit to Khalil Herbert because they are still stuck on David Montgomery who had 15 rushes 67 yards no touchdowns. Khalil Herbert had seven rushes, 75 yards. At yeah. some point, they have but to flip the other way. But didn't score the touchdown. Had the opportunity sure. to score the touchdown. Our researcher, Blake Friedman, had a first touchdown score. <laughs> Khalil Herbert. Had two Sorry, goals at the goal line. Right, yeah. got two goals at the goal line. So just, just so you know, like that's... That's Blake. That's you know, he's like it's just it's mush, you know, mush, you know, whatever. Just anyway, you just bet so you on know. anything Bears related, you get what you deserve. Yeah, exactly. I would like to make that's, that's that clear just, as that's, well. Exactly. Yes. Fair. That's very fair. Just, but I just wanted to point that out. There's no fantasy relevance, and no one knows who Blake Friedman is except I just <laughs> wanted to say on national television. I know who Blake Friedman and just, is, and just yeah, sort of turn the knife he's in great. a little bit um, uh, on on Blake. That you know, just he, he he his hopes and dreams were crushed last night because obviously. You know, it was at, at huge plus money, Khalil Herbert for his touchdown, and he got two shots at it and didn't convert. And so I just want to point out again that uh, Blake Friedman did not win <laughs> last night. So anyway, um, uh, taking this opportunity to point that out uh, to a big audience. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, uh, he had 80% of the goal line snaps, more rushing yards than Montgomery on 40 less snaps. I, He's the better running back. It's not now, close. I mean, right? And, and like, I, I even like Montgomery. Like, you know, like Montgomery's fine, but like, 
Herbert, I think they have something special. And whether it's draft capital, because, you know, he, he wasn't a highly touted yep. prospect coming out of college. And, um, like, I think he was an undrafted free agent, right? Uh, day three pick, Day I think. three pick, yep. right. So, so I don't know what it is. I don't know what they need to do. And feels like it. But here's what I would say. I think you probably need both of them. And if I was told, like, hey, you can only have one Bears running back the rest of the way, I think I'd want Herbert. I don't know that I would feel super – again, the usage hasn't been there because Montgomery's getting more work, but Herbert's the better running back. Montgomery, who's been injured this year and injured previously in his career, I yep. kind of like Herbert. You said, I mean, Herbert, he's just better. Like, you look at all his advancement metrics, everything, Herbert is the better guy. He's more explosive. Just, yeah, eye test. I think David Montgomery is like this person that – You've been in a relationship with for a few years, so you feel kind of committed to them, but you know it's not going to happen. You're not going to marry David Montgomery. Meanwhile, Khalil Herbert, who you know is going to bring you happiness, who is there, they just need to move on from David Montgomery, but I'm not sure that they will, so it's going to be an awkward situation until Montgomery fumbles a couple of times. If you have David Montgomery, you're always just a couple of plays away from it just being gone. I just want to point out real quickly, um, because... We don't condone adultery? Well, yeah, I mean, I just that, that, that example came to you very quickly. <laughs> and I just want to remind you, you have three young children. You yeah. just moved your wife out from Colorado, across the country. Sure. She probably knows no one in, in freaking New First Jersey. In right, exactly. Yeah, in Connecticut, wherever. So I'm just <laughs> wherever like, we are. Wherever, I don't know where you are. I, so, right, it's the first, like, just, I'm just, you know... For Mrs. Croucher, I just, you know what, I'm just, I'm protecting you, Mrs. Croucher, wherever you are. Just, just a reminder, Jay. You're right. a married man with three young children. I am. Yeah, she right. is the Khalil Herbert yeah. in this yes, situation. Yes, exactly. A thousand percent. Yeah. 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 Just want to make that clear. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I got you covered. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Roto World Jets. headlines. Roto World headlines. Here we go. We have to get into the first one here, guys. Maybe the only one that matters right now. James Conner has been ruled out for yeah. week six against Seattle, a defense that everybody plans to feast on right now. So, you know, Benjamin steps in. Barry, where do you have Benjamin ranked, and who are some of the players that you'd consider starting him over this week? Yeah, I mean, I think Benjamin is clearly like a top 15 fantasy running back. So he comes in right now on uh, at running back 15, um, just behind Raheem Mostert, right? He's right there in between uh, Mostert and Kenneth Walker. You know what? I probably, I may actually, I like, I'm getting into that Walker hype. So, you know, I'll probably, move, <laughs> whatever. I'll probably, I'll probably move Walker up ahead of him. Right now, I have him ahead of Walker, but I think I'll move Walker. So, whatever. But that, whatever. Like, running back 16, right? He's right there in the middle. He made the love list so far uh, this week, right? Again, this is somebody who's, by the way, available in like 35% of Yahoo leagues. So, worth checking out to, to, to see. It is a great matchup with a Seattle defense that allows the second most rushing yards to opposing running backs here. We don't expect Daryl Williams in this game either like it it, um um you know so i think it's the the majority of the backfield go to eno benjamin it's um uh how do i pronounce keontae keontae huh Keontae, yeah, they're uh, Keontae Hengel. Um, uh, no, not no, that's not right. Are Keontae. you saying someone else? No, I don't yeah, know who you're saying right now. Backup <laughs> running back. The, why am I? I'm blanking on his name. Keontae, he's a, like seventh round. Yeah, Keontae Ingram, right? Ingram, okay, Ingram. Yeah. I'm like Hengel. That's not right. Okay, <laughs> Ingram. Yeah, Keontae Ingram. Correct. You'll see some Keontae Ingram. Sorry, guys. You'll see some Keontae Ingram in here, but I think it should be the Eno Benjamin show in a, just a terrific matchup again. So just. Somebody who, you know, had three for 28 yards. Like, he's a smaller back, so he can be used in the passing downs. They like to run when they get in close. Cliff Kingsbury is somebody who once let Kenyon Drake, like, lead the league in goal-to-go rushes a couple years ago. So, I think he'll get some opportunities here. Again, I think he's locked in as a mid-tier RB2 this week. Seahawks are just a fantasy buffet. Bottom three defense in the league. Someone who has a potential to have workhorse usage, like Eno Benjamin. Yeah, you're starting him in every single league. I'd rather have him than even, like, a Najee Harris, Devin Singletary, those types. All right, we're going to take a break. When we are back, Fantasy Rich, Fantasy Poor, as Roto World's Pat Corain joins us. Jay has to go check on his Khalil Herbert. (laughs) And And my wife. (laughs) Pat Corain from Roto World joins us. Pat, always great to have you here. Guys, this is... An unbelievable fantasy matchup. Is it, is it always matchup. great to have Pat here? Always. Really? How many times have you been here when Pat's been here? I think this is the third or fourth. Okay. Yeah. This is my yeah, first time. You weren't here. Yeah. I wasn't here. You filled in. So thank you for filling yeah. in, for uh, allowing me to play hooky. Um, I'll be the judge of whether it's always great to have you here, Pat. I <laughs> just want to be clear about that. I've never had you here personally, so Connor's judgment is sometimes sketchy. So we'll see. Jury's that's, out. That's, that's fair. I'll give you that. But this one, I this one, I know. you like. You like yeah. him. All right. Fair yeah, enough. I Good. Do like well, that. you're back, Pat. We uh, we always love reading you on Rotoworld.com. Oh, we always do. Always do. Yeah, I like reading them. <laughs> oh, we just, just we'll you don't be like his presence. Yeah, I just I don't know if he, you know. We'll see. Okay. We'll see how he does. But fantasy um, rich, fantasy poor. Let's see. All right, there you go. 
Are you sure? Because we didn't have the graphic wow. for it. I was told that we did, and uh, it's, it's all right. <laughs> no, Let's no. get right into it. Hey! Oh, yeah, oh, boom! Is. Fantasy rich, fantasy poor. Let's well, start with well-oiled machine, Pat. Yes, that's it. Yes, really that's what we are. Right Nothing yeah. else but a well-oiled machine. The fantasy rich matchup the of the week. Bill we're, you know what? We're the commander's offense of television production I, right now. I am not dying on that ship right now. That's <laughs> I am. My yes. name's on the show. Yes, yeah, that's pretty true. much. That, this is the ship that I am going down with. Yeah, thousand percent. Let's talk about a great offense, and that has to be the Buffalo Bills, who are favored against the Chiefs this yeah. week. Uh, on the road. On the road, which really says a lot about the Bills right now, favored by two and a half points. Over-under at 54. I mean, this is a layup question, but when you look at this game, besides the obvious, what makes it such a fantasy-rich matchup individually? Yeah, it, it, I didn't exactly kind of go uh, into left <laughs> field here to pick this game, but even compared to where the Bills were last year, they are extremely pass-heavy this year. If you look at their pass rate relative to game script, they're nearly three times as pass-heavy as last season. Last year, looking at pass rate over expected, they hit an 11% pass rate expected just three times in 20 games. They've hit that already three times this year. Then if you go to the other side of the game, the Chiefs have hit that same ultra-pass-heavy mark in every game this season. So these are two offenses that are going to be pushing each other. They're going to be pushing each other into a shootout script. This is exactly what we need for the Bills who have been pulling their starters because they've been beating teams so badly. So this is going to be an excellent game to start all your Bills. Pretty obvious starts here for the most part, but you're definitely going to want to start Gabe Davis here. One guy who jumps out is Devin Singletary. He only played 54% of the snaps against the Steelers, but this was a game where Case Keenum played 14% of the snaps, so not worried about that. He played 100% of the snaps the last time these two teams played, and he's been heavily involved whenever the Bills have been in competitive game scripts this year. Yeah, playing 76% of the snaps in games in which the Bills are close or trailing. And to your point about uh, Singletary being involved in the passing game, he's fourth in receptions. He's got the second most receiving yards uh, among running backs as well. And so uh, Singletary, you know, uh, going to me, I'm in on Devin Singletary here. I have him as a top 20 play this week. And you convinced me right there. I'm going to start Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes as well. So, you know, <laughs> Bold. Well, well, you listen to Crane, yeah. you talk about, you know, it's the, great to have him how here. they're passing at such a high rate. I'm like, okay. Sounds good. I'm I tried in to on tell Mahomes you. and Allen as both starts this week. Uh, but real talk, I mean, I just think that it is, whether it is DFS, whether it is when you're looking at sort of the fringe guys, if you will, you want fantasy-rich environments. And this one has all the makings of just a, a massive, massive shootout. So I think that if you're, on a, uh, if you're sitting there in the wide receiver 3-4 range trying to decide, you know, this guy or that guy, and, you ha- and one of the guys you're considering is Gabe Davis or Devin Singletary, I, th- I think you do that as well. Again, he's played on 96% of the snaps in three or four games this year, Gabe Davis is. He's fully healthy. He's off the injury list. You know, he was on it a little bit last week. He, you know, there was, there was concerns about the flu in week one and everything like that. So the Chiefs, the Chiefs who have allowed seven touchdowns to wide receivers so far this year that's tied for the third most of the position, you know, you already know the four-touchdown game or whatever, and, you know, Gabe Davis coming off a monster game. Everyone's already starting him, but I think you can feel more confident about it going into this game. Been a little bit of a disappointing season for Juju Smith-Schuster so far. Do you think yeah. this is the kind of shootout that can get him back on track? You would certainly hope so. I, I mean, I, I will tell you that I'm not super optimistic just based on the fact that, like, there have been other games in which the Chiefs have scored a lot of points and Juju just hasn't been there. He's been held under fan- 14 fantasy points in – Every game this year, he's had three games with single-digit fantasy points. He hasn't scored a touchdown through five games. Like, if ever there was a game to get Juju off the schneid, as it were, it is here. Um, But, you know, he is, as we talked about in the last segment, he's a wide receiver three. What do we talk about? Wide receivers threes are basically guys that have upside. He has the upside because his quarterback is Mahomes. He's going to be a very friendly game script. But warts, because, again, like, the usage has been all over the place, and you know, watch Noah Gray get two touchdowns in this one. Like, I mean, you just you don't know with the Chiefs as well. So, I have at wide receiver thirty-four. Pat, where are you on Juju this week? I feel very similarly. I mean, you want the full point PPR if you're putting Juju in your lineup. I think it's just a volume play. You're playing for targets, you're playing for receptions, you're playing for this game to have a ton of both. But I still don't feel that confident in Juju. Uh, I think a lot of it could funnel to Kelsey. Yeah, fair. I mean, I'm at wide receiver 34, so he's actually more of a wide receiver four for me. High-end wide receiver four for me this week. One of the only pessimistic sides offensively of this game has to be Clyde Edwards-Alaire with Buffalo's rush defense right now, allowing the fewest rush yards uh, per carry this season right now. 
But knowing how often the Chiefs' aerial attack can get them in the red area, do you still try? I mean, Clyde edwards is a top-ten running back in fantasy right now. Is that something that can continue despite the matchup? Well, he makes me nervous. Like, I'm at 26, right? So yeah, I'm running back 26 this week. So I'm as a flex, right? Because, I mean, listen, Jarek McKinnon played more snaps last week, and he's had under 12 rush attempts in every game this year but one, of course, the one where I, I, I told everyone to bet the under. Um, that was the one where he went over. Thanks, CEH. There doesn't seem to be a lot of rhyme or reason to how the Chiefs use their running backs. Feels a little hot-handy. You know, Andy Reid sort of, like, gut call, if you will, because, like, you're like, oh, well, they were trailing last week, you know, they were trailing last week to the Raiders, but it's not like CEH hasn't been used in the passing game. He has been. So, for me, it just feels like it is a little bit of how lucky do you feel. To your point, uh, the Bills are an unbelievably good run defense so far this year. Um, they, they've, they're second against the run in terms of rushing yards allowed. Um, so he, he really needs a touchdown to pay off. 42% of his fantasy points this year have come from touchdowns. It feels like what we heard Mahomes say at the beginning of the year about wide receivers, like every week it's going to be someone different, feels that way about running backs, Pat. For sure. And McKinnon, he has had 79% of the third down snaps. So I think if the Chiefs are really trailing in true come-from-behind mode, it could be McKinnon out there. I completely agree that CEH is touchdown dependent. All right, looking over to Bucks at Steelers, our second fantasy-rich matchup. Real, real quickly, before yeah. we move off this game, I just want to say that Isaiah McKenzie looks like he's going to play out mm-hmm. of the concussion protocol, but Khalil Shakur really impressed, and so I'm a little nervous about McKenzie. Just I wonder if Shakur has earned more playing time in that slot. Like, if I'm pl- picking between these two, I prefer McKenzie this week, but I just, again, that's, that's one that, even though we're saying it's a fantasy-rich environment, that one makes me a little nervous because I can't tell sort of yet how that's going to shake out. Maybe Shakur they cancel each other new. out. He could be the new Crowder, you right. know, stealing yeah. some of that role. Yeah, he, he definitely has the talent to do so. Bucks, Steelers, the Bucks favored by eight and a half points on the road at Pittsburgh. That tells you where Pittsburgh is at right now on both sides of the ball. The over-under in this game, only 45. So we call it a fantasy-rich matchup, but that is because of the Bucks, right, Pat? It is very much because of the Bucks. They have transformed back into the Bucks from last year. They had the second-highest pass rate over-expected of the entire season last week against the Falcons. Uh, they have a couple reasons for this. They have their wide receivers back, but they've also played weak pass rushes over the last couple weeks, and they are protecting Brady. In week five, Tom Brady was pressured at the second lowest rate of the week. In week four, he was pressured at the lowest rate. The Steelers are a really good matchup for the Bucks for a couple reasons. They don't pressure the passer, so we should have the same dynamic where Brady's able to sit back, pick apart this defense. They're also way more willing to pass the ball than the Falcons, so they should be able to kind of get in on the fun a little bit where the Falcons are trying to bleed the clock as much as possible. And then Gabe Davis just proved last week that this defense can be beat deep. I think Mike Evans is a very interesting play here for that reason. On the Steelers' side, I think you want to play this through the wide receivers. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. I don't really feel that good about Najee Harris, even in potentially an up-tempo game environment. His target share down from 14% last year to just 9% this year. I feel like you don't feel good about Najee Harris because you've watched some football in your life. <laughs> that, I feel that that's too. also, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it slows molasses here. But I'm with you on Brady. Like, starting, you know, weeks four and five, you know, the weeks that he got Godwin and, and uh, what, Evans back, he's quarterback four. He's Brady again. He, he's yeah. Brady again. He's uh, 45 fantasy points total in the last two weeks combined. And to your point, against a Steelers defense that's bottom three in the NFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns allowed – all in on Brady this week. He made the love list. You're obviously starting Godwin and Evans as well. I think Uncle Lenny, again, game script. They should, I mean, they're, like, they're almost two touchdown favorites in this game uh, as well. And so uh, the expectation here, or over a touchdown favorite, I should say, um, uh, against Pittsburgh, I think it's eight and a half. The game script should work favorably for Leonard Fournette. We might even see some Rashad White. So I want to go with this. Yeah. Well, this game gets so out of hand that White doesn't even just have a niche role. He's eventually just on the field in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think he's, if, if you are dealing with a, um, if you're in a league where, you know, like I have Damian Pierce and Josh Jacobs and I'm really scrambling for a running back this week or, you know, I don't have Derrick Henry or, or DeAndre Swift this week. I mean, it's a bad week for running backs, right? And a couple of the guys are banged up. That I don't mind Rashad White. As a um, uh, as a flex play, it's kind of a desperation flex play, like in a 12-team or deeper league. I'm with you on Najee Harris. Outside my top 20 this week, he is on the hate list. He is a pray he falls into the end zone play this week. That's what you're doing if you're starting him. A lot Open of running into walls for Najee Harris yeah. this year so far. Our last fantasy-rich matchup, Cardinals favored over Seattle on the road to Seattle. We know how much that Seahawks defense has struggled, not just with injuries, but on the field as well. The over-under is at 50.5 in this one. 
Pat, starting on the Arizona side, no James Conner, but you're still believing in what this offense can do. I am. I was optimistic about them last week, thinking that the Eagles would push them to the air. The Cardinals did not want to get into a shootout. They actually went very run-heavy. But this is such a good matchup that I think they do have to go back to the passing game here. Seahawks rank dead last in passing efficiency allowed per dropback. They're 31st in PFF's coverage grades. And they don't pressure the quarterback. So this is an ideal get-right spot for this offense. And then on the Seahawks side, they actually haven't been a run-first team. They've been a balanced team this year. They're facing a Cardinals defense that is also very bad at stopping the pass. They rank dead last in passing success rate dead last in PFF's coverage grades. They also don't pressure the passer. So I think you're starting all the usual fantasy-relevant names here. And then we also do have some interesting replacement running backs in Kenneth Walker and Eno Benjamin. I think both are set up very well. Barry, you've been excited about Kenneth Walker, obviously, since that second half last week. What are you expecting here? Yeah, we talked about Eno Benjamin last segment. We, we think he's a mid-tier uh, running back, too, here. But again, 83% of the snaps after Rashad Penny went down, he had the big run for the touchdown. You saw that there, ultimately 8 for 88, and the score, uh, including that 69-yard scamper. What's exciting about it is is that, like, the Seahawks' offensive line has played better than I think any of us expected. Geno has played better. And so this is a very viable offense. And as we just talk about fantasy environment, like, it's this perfect storm of a high-functioning offense right, with a narrow target tree with Lockett and Metcalf, and so defenses have to respect that. Geno playing well, and so they can't just say, like, ah, we're not worried about Geno. Like, Geno's hitting, like, he's, this isn't Jimmy Garoppolo throwing a three-yard pass and then Debo Samuel running for 60 yards. I mean, those are, those are legit bombs to Lockett and Metcalf, real NFL big-time throws, and so they have to respect the pass game, which opens up the run game here on a team that's averaging 21 running back touches per game. And so given how bad the defense has played, it's this great environment of, like, they're constantly going to have to be throwing. They're constantly going to have to play up-tempo to Pat's point as well. I think Kenneth Walker has a huge week this week. You know, I I told you I ranked him just ahead of Eno Benjamin. I think he's a mid-tier RB2. I think he's got RB1 upside. I think he's got RB1 upside for the rest of the year as well. The Seahawks starting two rookie tackles this year that have been slam dunks for them in Abe Lucas and Charles Cross, and that's allowed Geno and the weapons uh, to continue to flourish. All right. Yeah, the, only, it, the only question, the only reason I don't have him inside my top ten on Walker, I just want to point this out, is that I just don't know how much passing game. He can catch the ball. Sure. But they also like DJ Dallas there, and so the Cardinals have actually been decent against the run this year, so I think the volume and his explosiveness gets you there with Walker, which is why I'm excited about him, but like in a, in a, if he was playing the Lions, he'd be a top ten guy for me. You know, that's all I'm yeah. saying. It's, I just, I want to see how they use him in DJ Dallas this game. That's something to watch. Fantasy poor matchups. We got two of them here. These are the uh, the letdowns of mm. the week. Brace yourself. Starting with the 49ers at the Falcons. 49ers favored by five and a half points on the road to Atlanta. The over under in this game is 44.5 points. We know Jeff Wilson is going to get his in this game. We know Tevin Coleman has been signed once again from the practice squad in this game. But despite that, why were you down on this game here, Pat? So one reason that I'm down is because Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been very efficient this year. You don't need to say more. We get it. (laughs) Done. (laughs) And then it's the Falcons. (laughs) All right, Broncos Chargers. (laughs) No, no, go ahead, Pat. He's been highly inaccurate. So that efficiency, I think, is very fragile. And if he has a couple errant throws, I think Kyle Shanahan could pivot hard to the run here. This is a run defense that they should have no trouble against. The Falcons rank 30th in rushing efficiency allowed, 30th in rushing success rate. So the 49ers don't need to pass here if they don't want to, and I think maybe, you know, they won't want to if Garoppolo kind of craters a bit. On the other side, the Falcons are not going to push the 49ers to the air at all. They're going to try to run as much as they can get away with. They are the second most run-heavy team in the league, only to the Bears. They are hiding Marcus Mariota, and now they are facing a very strong 49ers defense. So they're going to look to limit volume, grind out a slow-paced game. Pretty much in terms of fantasy options, you need touchdowns. If someone doesn't get in the end zone here, they're going to be a tough play. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's fair. I will say I think this is a coming-out party for George Kittle, right? I mean, and so I think the narrative on Kittle is somewhat different if he scores that touchdown against the Rams. You remember two weeks ago, like he had one foot in, one foot out of bounds just barely. So I think the narrative of him is a little bit different. It looks like you were right, Garoppolo's highly inaccurate, but feels like he's starting to get more into a rhythm there. Six targets last week for Kittle, 5 for 47. He's running en route on 85% of dropbacks since he came back. This is Kittle, right? 
And then you think about this matchup with the Falcons, who are bottom three in the NFL in both receptions and yards allowed to opposing tight ends. So I have him as a top five tight end this week. I'm in on Kittle. Sort of have, this, is, this is a Kittle week. And then, by the way, then I'm selling high because I want out of the Kittle business for the season. But I do think this is a week that we think uh, Kittle will be there. Jeff, I'm not worried about Tevin Coleman. That was, you know, sort of because they were blowing him out. I still think uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. is a, a viable top 12 running back just because of the volume he gets. Yeah, if anyone's a good bet for a touchdown, it's Jeff Wilson. Yeah. Um, there we go. The, on the Atlanta, on the Falcon side of the ball, though, I think you probably just based on volume, you have to throw Drake London out there. I'm at wide receiver 27 this week, so again, wide receiver three. Play, yeah. You know, we're hoping they are hiding Mariota, but I do think the Falcons could, similar to what they did to the Panthers last week, the, the Niners could get it big, and they just have mm-hmm. to throw here. The Niners' defense is beat up. It's a, I mean, it's a pretty beat-up defense that they come in here. It's a West Coast team traveling east for a 1 o'clock game. Game's in the dome here, you know, and they're really good against tight ends. I ranked Kyle Pitts lower than I have all season long. I ranked him at 10. He made the hate list. You're probably still starting Kyle Pitts because he's down in that touchdown-dependent tight end range, and if you're starting a touchdown-dependent tight end, you probably want to start Kyle Pitts, you know, even though he hasn't scored in America in his NFL career yet. But, like, you know, as you, as you see on your <laughs> that's screen. A wild that, that's a crazy thing. It is crazy, right? It's just the, the London game is the, is the one there. But, um, yeah, I just, I just wanted to talk about the fact Look, Drake London's got a 33% target share. I know it was the bad game last week, but I think you probably still, if you've been starting Drake London, you're probably still starting him. Again, wide receiver three, has some upside, but some flaws. I'm nervous about Kyle Pitts. I mean, how can you how not be? You not but, be how point. can you not be? So I just, I'm a tight end 10. You're, you're probably starting him reluctantly. Yes. Is what you're doing yes. with, with, uh, with Kyle Pitts. Our last fantasy poor matchup of the week, the Broncos at Chargers. If you said that in August, people would look at you like you are absolutely insane. But Broncos <laughs> at Chargers. Chargers favored at home by four and a half you points. Know the, you know what the Broncos should do? In the offseason, the Broncos should try to sign Geno Smith to like a quarter of a billion dollar contract. That's what they should do. Big bro- galaxy just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, you know, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Yeah. They, they have an issue at quarterback. There's a quarterback in Seattle who's good that maybe they sign him to a big long-term contract. And the roles could be reversed. Russ is the backup for oh, Gino. I like that. That would be fantastic. Great storyline. What a storyline. So. Listen, give credit to Russell Wilson. He's playing through that torn labor. Oh, I, knew uh, gonna, I knew you were going to go like, with he's, it. He's, gut, he's gutting it out. Like, you know, because you know when you've got a partially torn labrum, you can't see to the right side. That's what happens. Like, K.J. Hamler was open, but he has the partially torn labrum. You can't see a wide-open K.J. Hamler with a partially torn labrum. Every doctor knows it this. It affects the eyes. It affects the eyes. Yeah, it goes right 100%. to the eyes. 100%. It's not his fault. No, no. No, exactly. He's playing through pain. He's a, he's a warrior. Let's look at Russell Wilson's weekly finishes playing through this pain so far. Obviously not the season he was hoping for, guys, or what the Broncos were expecting in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, he's been bad. But, you know, we, we'll, we'll always have that week four game at the Raiders where he's the third best quarterback in fantasy. Nobody can take it from us. No, but he's got three straight. He's got, out of the five weeks that he's started, he's been QB 24 or worse in three of them. The other one was the week one game against uh, the Seahawks at QB 14. Let's ride. <laughs> uh, listen, I always yeah. love the Broncos. They came through for me. They gave me the win. They sent me a, bu- a belt buckle. But, you know, like jokes aside, Russell Wilson is not playing well, and I don't I don't expect him to – if you're starting him, you're, bank, you're doing two things. You're banking on the fact that the Chargers defense actually hasn't been great this year. You know yeah. what I mean? The, 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 the secondary has struggled. They're, they're a bottom 12 pass defense so far on the season, uh, allowing the, the third most touchdown passes to opposing quarterbacks. So you're banking on the matchup and just Russell Wilson's name because nothing you've seen from him gives you any sense of confidence here. And, in fact, the Broncos have been run first on first down, which is something you typically do when you're trying to hide your quarterback. So, right. at this point, we're worried you know, how, the Bronco, how much faith the Broncos really have in Wilson. This is a team that I think they're so conservative, we need an opposing offense to force them to the air if we're going to get volume. And I'm a little bit concerned about the Chargers side here because they have a sixth-round left tackle at, uh, at left tackle, sixth-round rookie there. He let up six pressures last week. Played very well in his first game two weeks ago but let up twice as many pressures as the rest of their line combined last week, ranked 119th in PFF's yeah. offensive line grades. Jamari Sawyer, yeah. He, yeah. he was primarily a guard for Georgia. They had to flex him to tackle in a pinch, and that's not should not be his expectations at the NFL. 
No, and it, it creates a situation for Herbert where is he going to be able to go downfield or is it just going to be a lot of checkdowns, a little bit more conservative of, of an offense for the Chargers. I think they'll be okay here, but I don't know that they're going to be pushing the Broncos into a lot of volume. They've been so efficient that we need that volume. Yeah, I mean, look, this, going through some of the Broncos here real quickly, I think you're still starting Cortland Sutton, right? But Jerry Judy has four or fewer receptions in every game so far this season, right? Um, Chargers allow the sixth fewest yards per reception to opposing wide receivers. I'm at right, wide receiver 39 this week, Jerry so it's just Judy. just not happening. He hasn't, he hasn't right? hit 55 yards. In, I mean, he had the one big play that he ran for a touchdown. But other than that, he, this guy hasn't had 55 yards in a game since week one, since that, well, that one big play, right? And then you go to the running backs here. Right? I mean, he has one total touchdowns in, in, in uh, of the season. He hasn't had 60 yards rushing in a game. I think Latavius Murray will be active in this game, and we don't know what his role is going to be. Mer- Last week was the first week that Gordon hasn't fumbled in a game, so I'm nervous on more Gordon, who I just have at running back 21 as well. Um, you're still starting Mike Williams, but you don't feel great about you it. Don't, you don't feel great about it. Last thing, we moved off to the uh, – I just want to say that I love Zach Ertz this week. Tight end three for me. We didn't get a chance to talk about him, so I just want to make sure we throw that in there. He was on the love list. Start your Zach Ertz. Give me Zach Ertz over Kyle Pitts, over Kittle, any top three play. For a full breakdown of more fantasy-rich games, check out Pat Crane's article, The Walkthrough, which drops every Friday during the season on NBCSportsEdge.com. We are going to break. When we're back, Jay is back with us. Yes. But Pat will come back at some point. Not bad. Good job, He was great. Good job. The NFL season is here, and the NBC Sports Predictor app is giving you a shot at winning $100,000 by entering Sunday Night 7's free contest between the Cowboys and the Eagles. So if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, Go download it now. We've had $550,000 handed out so far and 25,000 winners. What's on tap, fellas? What's on tap? There we go. Shout out to shout out to Chris Wilson. Came up with the idea. I love the idea of this segment. So what is on tap in week number six? Connor Rogers, let's speed through a lot of games. How will the Ravens offense perform versus their old friend, Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale? Barry? I think they'll struggle a little bit. You're still starting Lamar Jackson, but J.K. Dobbins, I'm at running back 20. I'm a little bit nervous given the fact that Kenyon Drake was used last week. Uh, Jackson is always a a vulture there. Um, You know, Kenyon Drake played 60% of the snaps last week. I think he's a touchdown-dependent RB2. Again, he comes at running back 20 for me. Kind of like Devin Duvernay in this matchup. Only two Ravens pass catchers got more than two targets last week against Cincinnati. Mark Andrews with 10 Devin Duvernay with seven, putting up competent stat lines. Martindale, as is his thing, he blitzes more than anyone else in the league. The Giants blitz on 43% of defensive snaps. Lamar Jackson, bad against the blitz last year, carving it up this year. I think Duvernay could be the beneficiary. Averaging six targets game over the last two weeks, Rashad Bateman did not practice again today on Friday. He looks like he's likely out. 25% target share for Duvernay last week against the Bengals. The Dolphins will start Skylar Thompson after he came in for Teddy Bridgewater last week. Obviously, that's a little concerning for Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, but how concerning in this offense? I don't think it, it, it's concerning in the sense that you're still starting him. Like, for our purposes, like, is it concerning? Sure, maybe you don't use him in DFS or whatever, but Jalen Waddell has 100 yards or a touchdown in three out of five games, and, you know, he's only been out-targeted 43-35 to 35 by Tyreek Hill. It seems like a pretty even split between good. those guys. They've had a whole week of Skylar Thompson under center getting all the first-team reps, and Tyreek Hill may not be 100%, right? I mean, it looks like he's going to play, but it's not 100%. He's been on the injury report, so Waddle may get there. Anyway, for our purposes, you're starting Jalen Waddle, who's my wide receiver 17 this week. Yeah, I just think the talent level's too high. Jalen Waddle, he put up over 1,000 years last year in very suboptimal conditions with one of the worst offensive lines in the league. I just think he is above the certain talent threshold. We need to name that threshold after a player, but he's above it where no matter what the context is, you just have to start Jalen Waddle. And it's a good matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Speaking of those Vikings, the Vikings offense, two sit-and-start players. Barry Adam Thielen is your wide receiver 31 this week. Irv Smith is your tight end 13. Ooh, that's kind of fringe territory for both of them. How are you handling each one in the lineup? Yeah, I mean, again, feeling sort of a wide receiver three. He, he, the problem with him is that he's a little bit touchdown dependent. You know, the positives are seven targets in four to five games so far this year, and it's a nice matchup with the Dolphins defense that gives up the seventh most fantasy points per game to opposing pass catchers. But again... Thielen has three games with single-digit fantasy points. Like, he needs a touchdown to pay off. So it's a little bit of how lucky do you feel. Wide receiver 31 for me sort of depends on what you got. Yep. 
Same thing can be said for Irv Smith, who I yep. think is just in that big cluster of tight ends where every week it's going to be like three or four catches for 30 to 40 yards, and you just need the touchdown to make them really valuable. Tight end roulette, a tradition like no other in fantasy. All right, last one. Can the Colts offense get back on track as Jonathan Taylor is expected to return? Yeah, I mean, like, I, you're starting Jonathan Taylor. They're playing, they're playing my Swagwars, you know what I mean? Like, Jay Croucher, <laughs> Jay Croucher has hated these Jaguars all season long. Um, look, I think you're still starting. So I think you're lowering expectations for the Colts offense. Do I think they get back on track? No. But do I think, you know, you're still starting Jonathan Taylor, of course. Are you still starting Michael Pittman? You are, who's had eight targets or more in three out of the four games this year. They're not targeting him down the field, but he's still getting a ton of red zone usage. He's probably still the best bet to get a touchdown in this game through the passing attack. So I do uh, like Michael Pittman as a top 20 play, but not a top 10 play in this game. And I'm back in on Christian Kirk on the other side of the ball. Again, really big game in week two against these Colts. Jay, what about Alec Pierce in this one? He's been a little bit of a popular waiver wire pickup this week. Yeah, and you can see why, but I just think that Pat Sertan last week just wrecked that whole game and all the takeaways because he just took Michael Pittman out and then Matt Ryan was just looking at Alec Pierce and then Sertan went to Alec Pierce and then it all got messed up again. So I wouldn't write off Michael Pittman. You take that game out uh, and then I think, you know, his stats have been fine. So I agree with Alec Pierce should have been a popular pickup. I think he's a talented rookie, but I'm not starting him this week. I want to see it another week, to your point. I think game script was a little bit weird. I'm at wide receiver 44 in this one. I mean, he played his highest percentage of offensive snaps last week, and it was still under 60%. So I just... I, I want to see it a little bit more. Again, again, this is not an easy matchup against my and only my <laughs> Swagwars. So, there you go. We're going to break. When there we're back, go. it's time for Last Call. Looking yeah. at the weekend winners from each of us. Both Jaguars running backs are flex plays. Be sure to check out our new Sunday show, Fantasy Football Pregame, at 11 a.m. live on Peacock. It's a one-stop shop for your NFL fantasy and betting needs. Get your sit-start questions answered using the hashtag FFPregame. And this week, we will be live in Philadelphia at Dilworth Park. So if you live in the Philadelphia area or you don't mind driving on a Sunday morning, come on out, be part of the show, 11 a.m. to 1 o'clock at Dilworth Park. Me and Jay will be there with Michael Smith and a lot of guests for Philly sports fans. Uh, It'll be a lot of fun as well. Second hour of the show, by the way, also being simulcast on CNBC. Check it out. You love to see it. Last call, weekend winners. Jay, do I really have to ask? Who's your weekend winner? The first weekend winner is my wife, Sophia, who had to text during the break that, Sophia, you're my Khalil Herbert, which I don't think think any person's ever texted their wife that uh, until now. But my second weekend winner, it's Sauce Gardner. What did she text back? Uh, She hasn't texted me back yet, so I'll (laughs) let you know. She's on the phone with the divorce lawyer. (laughs) Exactly. Sauce Gardner, that's why I'm wearing the T-shirt jersey. I'm the real Jets fan. You really are. I'm all in Sauce Gardner. I gave him out last week, plus 1,400 defensive rookie Where are those now? He's now he's plus 600 on BetMGM. Still too big. He's going to be favorite after this week, after Aaron Rodgers. Never heard of him. Doesn't matter. It's the Sauce Gardner show. He's going to pick off Aaron Rodgers. I think the Jets might win that game. Seven and a half yeah, point underdogs. underdogs. Something wrong with the Packers. Give me Sauce. Give me the Jets. What do you I'd got? certainly like them to cover with the Packers coming back from London. I think weekend winner is Kenneth Walker. As we just said, I think this guy is potentially a league winner. Uh, I think he has a monster game here. 79.5 is the over-under on BetMGM for his rushing and receiving yards. Give me the over against Arizona in what should be a very fantasy-rich game, as we talked about with Pat Corain here. So I think the weekend winner is Kenneth Walker, as everyone that rostered him this week is just like, oh, I've got something here. I think, uh, you know, I All eyes will be on him. So, yes, that's your weekend winner. Mine, I can't believe I'm doing this. It is, and I quote somebody that has said this, Stupid Taysom Hill is my weekend winner. (laughs) Listen, legal name. Yeah, four touchdowns last week. That's not going to happen. But Taysom Hill will score again. He will be a consistent part of the Saints rushing offense in the red zone. Taysom Hill is going to make a lot of people from the waiver wire very happy. So, anytime touchdown score for Taysom Hill. Hey, you don't have to go home, but you got to get the hell out of here. For Jay Croucher and Connor Rogers, I'm Matthew Berry. Peace out!